Mosaic. Hope you're enjoying this beautiful sunshine after a snowy day. Would you stand and worship with us? We're excited to see y'all's faces. We sang this song before. It was written by some of our worship leaders. We're gonna celebrate how God is faithful to us. He's the God who always will be with us, even now and in the future. You have 
that Your faithfulness keeps us in your hands It has and always will Amen. You may have a seat. Well, good evening, everybody. Hey, my name is Ashley Covert. If I haven't had the chance to get to know you yet, I'm the communications coordinator here for Fellowship Mosaic. Um, so that means I usually get to come with a lot of announcements. So I'm going to jump right into it. Um, a few weeks back, we talked about the delay in opening our Bentonville campus. Then we let you know it is happening. We have a date. In case you didn't know the date, that's happening April 3rd. So we are just three weeks out from the Bentonville campus launching and being able to hold service in person, and we are so excited about that. If you are going to the Bentonville campus, or if you are like me and are curious and a visual learner, the campus is gonna be hosting an open house two weeks from now on the 27th. Uh, that's happening from 5 to 6.30 p.m. Just to go in, see the facility, see all the hard work that our teams um, have just been cranking out for a really long time. So that's happening soon. Next thing I wanna tell you about, spring break is happening next week. And we have a lot of really incredible student trips taking place from um, all of our congregations with FSM and then with our own Mosaic students. Most of them are gonna be leaving the 19th or the 20th. And if you are compelled to pray for them, a lot of them are your kids or your kids' babysitters or um, maybe you are a cell group leader, um, we would love to have you join us in prayer for them. So if you go to the news page, you'll see a prayer guide that lists every single trip, the leaders, and specific prayer points for how you can join us in praying for those trips. Okay, next. Um, with this whole series of Grow Together, um, one of the things that we're gonna cover tonight is learn together. That's something we're really passionate about, not only through our training center, but in the ways that we come together and learn in these gathering settings. So this book you may have seen in the lobby. This is our John Study Guide, and this is available for purchase now. It's $7 per copy, but we're going to be starting a John series next week, and it's a long series. We're going to be in it for a while, so we would highly encourage everyone to have a physical copy of this book in their hands. It's great for taking notes. It's going to have daily readings and discussions, uh, ways for you to engage with your community group, all of those things. So um, the next thing I don't have a slide for, um, but I don't think any of us are um, unaware of what's been going on in Ukraine and Russia. Our senior leadership team and our elders have opened up our disaster relief fund. Um, if you feel led or um, have a desire to participate in giving, that fund is open. So you can access that through our news page. Um, I'll be making mention of it in our social media and, and all of our communication channels, but we wanted to let you know about it from here. Um, we do have partnerships with our global workers that have connections in Ukraine, and so we aren't just sending money arbitrarily to a fund that we hope helps. We're very strategic in where that money goes, and so I'd uh, love to invite you to pray to consider if that is where the Lord's leading your heart. Um, with that, let's pray and prepare ourselves for the rest of this evening. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and who we get to be because of that. Um, God, we're grateful that nothing in our circumstance is a surprise to you and that you invite us to be a part of your bigger kingdom story. And so, Lord, as, as we continue into this evening, uh, I ask that 
we would come into it with open eyes and open hearts to receive what you have for us. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. moment to be with Jesus tonight.
tonight. Maybe ask the Spirit to show you something you need to be praying through or processing. Ask the Spirit to remind you of His faithfulness tonight.
hear these words tonight. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts 2, 42 through 47. Beautiful. Well, friends, you may take a seat. It's so good to be with you tonight. How are you? Hey, we're going to do something we don't usually do, at least I don't usually do, um, as we're even diving into Acts chapter 2 tonight, a church devoted to gathering and learning together. Would you just turn to the people behind you, next to you, and make sure you get a high and a name? Go. Yes. And if you're online, let us know that you're there. We like you too. Beautiful. Sometimes we, we come into this beautiful space and we have this temptation to just let the light stay low, kind of give me my fix of songs, give me good teaching and let me get out of here. And hopefully you'll leave tonight realizing that is not God's intention for his church. <laughs> he has a different plan and program for us. And I, I have one goal for you tonight and C.S. Lewis articulated it better than I could. It's that you'd leave this place ready to become more and more like Jesus, like Christ. Nick threw this uh, 
this quote up a few weeks ago as we've been diving into a series of a devoted church that we at Mosaic want to be devoted together of If you've been here for a while, we've been through some change and some transition, and you're here, and sometimes you can still even feel like, where are we going and what are we doing? And if you're new, you might come into this place and be like, what is this place about? Who actually works here? (laughs) Who are the people on stage and in and out? And what we wanted to do was just to take some time to focus in together to say, this is who we are as a church And this is where we're going as we follow Jesus in this world. And so my hope for you tonight as you leave this place ready to become a little Christ more and more and that that is not an individual alone with a Bible in a room project for you. That Christianity is a communal, relational practice. And so we've talked a a few different things we've been walking through. One is that our primary hope as a church is that we would grow together. Now, go ahead and look around the room numerically, it's not bad. We're, we're, if, if you've been here, we, we've gone through the COVID shrink and things, and then there was kind of the great, like, everyone in Northwest Arkansas trying different churches out, and it's kind of settling. And here we are together, ready to grow, not just numerically, spiritually, that we want to mature into the image of Jesus. We want to be conformed into his image together. Jesus told his disciples, I am the vine, and you are the branches, and you're going to produce fruit by remaining connected to me. So our hope as a church, is that we could grow into his likeness with one another. And Nick led us so well through uh, the way we do that is through discipleship. It's the the thing that our master and friend Jesus handed down to us is his commission that we're gonna love God, others, and make disciples in this world. And that we are also going to worship together. If you were here last week, Kyle Jackson, goodness gracious, if you missed it, go back and watch it. He led us beautifully of what it looks like to be a church devoted to worshiping God and serving one another and those outside of this space. And I have the honor tonight of what it looks like for us to be a community who gathers together and learns together. And uh, whether or not you're aware of it, um, there has been in the 21st century a new epidemic. Psychologists, uh, they've done a ton of studies, they've looked at it, and really since basically the devices and the iPhone, the digital age we're living in, They found we are more connected than ever, but we are also more lonely and isolated than ever. And I'm not here to say digital is not good. I'm teaching on an iPad tonight. And I think most of us, if we're in the workplace, we, we are on screens quite a bit nowadays, aren't we? And so I'm not here to tell you what's good or bad about it. What I am here to say is that we are seeing at a very, very social level all across the Western world, there's an increasing number of isolation and loneliness particularly in those who are constantly on these things. Just listen, these are a few headlines. If you were to look up the crisis of loneliness, here they come. A Surgeon General says that there's a loneliness epidemic. Young people report to be the highest percentage generation battling loneliness. The biggest threat facing middle-aged men, listen closely, isn't smoking or obesity, it's loneliness. The surprising uh, damaging effects of loneliness on your physical and mental health. Western society experiencing loneliness, though it gets more loneliness. Social isolation is killing us. Social isolation kills more people than obesity. And each one of these headlines took place before 2020, pre-pandemic, before we isolated and went into lockdown. And so we have a culture and a world that is screaming, I'm lonely. I I need relationships. And if we're honest, we, we not only have that in our world, some of us may have that in our own cities and neighborhoods. 
people feeling isolated, marginalized, pushed out, alone. And if we were really honest with ourselves and even tried to take a, a poll of this room, there's probably some of us in this room who feel that too. I feel alone in this life. My struggles and the pain I'm walking through, the isolation's crushing. Teresa of Calcutta said it like this, as she served on the streets of Calcutta, India with leprosy and many diseases, she said that the greatest disease she sees in the West today is not TB or, or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. We can cure physical diseases with medicine, but the cure for loneliness, despair, and hopelessness is love. And I'd agree with her that in this culture we are living in with the hyper-individualized, give me as many likes with a mask on a social media platform as I can get, but I don't have people who really know me or what's going on on the inside of my heart or in my life or in my brokenness. What does the Christian have to provide into that space? How do we as a church, what does the good news of Jesus have to say for those who feel so alone and isolated in our world? And it's with that that we'll turn to the scriptures. Hey, if you have a Bible or device, Acts chapter one is where we'll start and then we'll jump into chapter two. And while you flip there, I'd love to just give an overview of a theology of relationships that we have within the scriptures. And so we use this word community quite a bit around here and I hope tonight you can leave with a clear understanding of what we mean. See, all the way from the, the beginning of scripture, uh, we can see that, that relationships are very near and dear to the heart of God. One, that we have a God who actually exists in relationship, in a community, that at the center of the universe, at the very core of reality, is a God who exists as a triune community of love, Father, Son, and Spirit in relationship with one another. And not only that, this God, this triune community of love that they produce and create and bring to order humans designed for relationship with God and one another. And there, even in the garden, you can see as God walks with Adam and Eve in the very beginning. He talks with them. There's a relationship. This isn't a distant God. He's present and he's near and desires connection with his creation and his people. And even upon the rebellion of Adam and Eve, we see that God's first step is actually connection before the correction. He asks them, where are you? The, the desire to, to be in relationship with me. And then comes the correction of, hey, we've made some bad choices and it has dire consequences. But he desires relationship. And not only that, but the church is a community of Jesus's followers that we come together in this place to follow Jesus with one another. Um, if you look at most cults, they usually start because someone went to a room with a holy book alone and then led thousands to, to follow it that we're, we're actually designed to, to be in relationship as a community of followers of Jesus, and Jesus has a very clear command for his disciples. So you're gonna love God, walking in right relationship vertically. You're gonna love neighbor, one another, those around you, and we invite others to, to be a part of that process called making disciples. So I hope you see that community and relationships are very near and dear to the heart of God. And uh, we find there in Acts chapter one that from the origin of the church, that it hasn't just been something that the early church does. It's not just an activity or a place they go to. It's part of their identity. 
A community is not just something that um, they, they uh, experience when they come into the temple together, that it's actually, they see one another so uh, connected, so much so that throughout the New Testament, there's gonna be four key metaphors that are gonna be used for the church. One is that the church is a family, sons and daughters adopted by the most high God. And if someone in the family feels isolated or alone or hurt, we rally, we come around that person. Also that the church is a body. It's one of the, the Apostle Paul's favorite usage of the uh, metaphor of the church, that Christ is the head and the body is many members. And so take your thumb out like this, go ahead, stick it up. And I want you to imagine if your thumb hopped off and tried to run away. <laughs> It's not gonna function, it's not gonna work, is it? That we as a body, we're connected with Christ as our head. Next, that there's a marriage relationship, that we have uh, the privilege that as saints, we're the bride of Christ in an intimate relationship with Jesus. He's, that, that metaphor comes up. And lastly, living stones in a temple, God's dwelling place. That as a follower of Christ, you are actually a living stone in this metaphorical temple where God dwells so that the world can see and know him. And every stone matters. And what we'll see is there from the very beginning of the church that Jesus has promised that his spirit is gonna come. So look at me in Acts chapter one. Jesus before his ascension says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. It's important to note, Jesus not only gives his disciples a, a holy mission to the nations, he also gives them the power for it, the spirit. Again, in that relational uh, aspect of the Trinity that even in that space, the, the son and the spirit are at work. Some commentators see that Luke's gospel and, and Luke, as well as Luke writing Acts, that there's some parallelism happening. Uh, one, you see what Jesus and the Holy Spirit are doing throughout the book of Acts together. And then it parallels with what Jesus or what the Holy Spirit and the disciples are doing in this world with one another. And everything that happens from here on out is a work of the Holy Spirit. So the book of Acts is, is absolutely the acts of the disciples, the apostles, but it's primarily the works of the Holy Spirit throughout it. And that if we hope to be a church that sees deep spiritual growth, that we wanna be a place where people can come and grow into the likeness of Jesus, it's gonna to have to be in full dependence on the Holy Spirit. It's not something we can manifest or make happen. It grieves my heart, the amount of, of stories we've heard over the past years of churches that have just, there's been incredible moral failing. And I think oftentimes the metric has been, look at this great teacher or look at this great event or look how many people we have and look at this thing we've built. And it hasn't been in dependence on the Holy Spirit and what he's producing and growing in that community. And oh, that we could be a community of saints that gather dependent on the Spirit to watch the fruit he produces. And so from the Acts 1-8, the, the disciples come together and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit. I'd encourage you, if you're looking for a good read this week, read Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit comes and it fills that room and it is unlike anything these disciples have experienced and they're filled with it in flaming tongues and then they hit the streets of Jerusalem at a season and time where they had people coming from, Jews from all over coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. 
And at this time is where they begin to speak different languages. So it would be as if we had someone who spoke Chinese, someone who spoke uh, Hindu, somebody who spoke Spanish, and I'm speaking English, and they're hearing these words in their language. The Holy Spirit is allowing these disciples to preach the good news of Jesus, and people are hearing it in their language, and they're going, well, these disciples must be drunk. (laughs) What is wrong with them? And they say, no, there's something else. And Peter gives the first sermon we've ever heard there in Acts chapter two. And he calls every single person who hears it after presenting Jesus as Messiah and King, invites them to turn, repent, and to follow Christ. And 3,000 come to faith that day. And then we see in Acts chapter two forty-two, the results. Luke gives us, a broader picture of how these, these new disciples, what they began to do. So if you'll look with me in Acts 2, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread. So right out of the gate, that, that this is a devotion. This isn't just a, I prayed a prayer and, I, and it was enough. No, that there's a commitment here. They've turned from sin. I'm gonna follow this Jesus, this one you're talking about, I follow him and then they come together and there's a devotion, a commitment, participation. The early church referred to themselves as the way of Jesus. Before they were called Christians, they just referred to it as the way. That this is the way we're going to live our lives models that of our savior and king. And it wasn't as much about their attendance as it was about their action. And they had two fundamental actions as they came together. One was the apostles' teaching. They they were going to be a community that learned together. Uh, The Greek word here, it it communicates a a very specific word. It's our doctrine. It's what we hold to be true. And so the apostles' teaching is, is that which was handed down from Jesus to the apostles through the church. And that they were going to be a community that gathered together to learn about this Jesus. And so they would come and um, they would come into a place and, and they would listen to these church leaders begin to speak and second, church leaders, second century church leaders like Irenaeus, who comes from John's lineage, you had the apostle John, a disciple named Polycarp, and then Irenaeus. He would refer to this as the, the regula fide, that is the rule of faith, that which is true that we hold on to. And if you wanna see more, the, the Peter's, a sermon there articulates it well. Uh, Paul would go on to tell a church that I passed off to you that which was of first importance, that Christ died, was buried, and rose, and will return again, that, that this is the faith we hold on to. And, and oftentimes we have a lot of gatherings, we come together to hear God's word, and sometimes we get more therapy, and that's not, nothing wrong with therapy. Uh, I think you need to be able to, to know how to operate in your emotions and your feelings. And, but when the church gathered together in the beginning, it was to come up under and to learn the way of Jesus and the truth that the apostles were teaching. And we as a community of, of the saints, we need to follow in that model to come up under God's word to see what he's revealed to us. Next, they, they had a fellowship, this term koinonia. And if you grew up in a church in the 90s, you probably saw koinonia everywhere, Right? Like people named their kids Koinonia. It was just the thing they did. And this term is actually the name of our church. It's fellowship. A fellowship, it's a community. It's, um, it actually is the same word that, that in the Greek they'll use for intimacy. So it's not just this, oh yeah, I know so-and-so. It's like, no, I, I know them. 
It was a, it was a place in the early church where, where they would gather together to be exposed, to see, like no other community around the world can stand and say, hey, tell us what the wrong you've done and here's grace. But that's what our God does and that's what we as his followers are called to do. It's a place not to hide our sin, but actually bring it to light. James goes on to say that if you wanna experience forgiveness, ask God, he'll forgive you. If you wanna experience healing, tell someone else, confession. And I think we are doing really well about confession between us and God. Please continue. We gotta grow in confession to one another to start experiencing healing. And probably better than anyone else at Fellowship is a ministry we have called Celebrate Recovery where you start to see that practice taking place, where there is a place where they can come together to know one another, not just the good, but also the messy. And there's growth and there's freedom in that place. And their fellowship, they would come together and they would do two things. They would break bread, which is the Lord's Supper, that which was passed down to them. They would come together for communion, but they'd also eat food. Amen? They would get together and and they would eat food food and they would have good conversation and they, were, they would pray. And this is what their fellowship, their community would be built upon was that they would eat together and would pray together. And so from the very beginning of the church, you start to see this pattern of coming into a space to receive the apostles teaching and then going back out to live life together, eating together, praying together. And this was what the church did. And Luke continues in uh, verse 43 that everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. This is why we do offering at fellowship. Um, We're not trying to to get money from anybody. We wanna be a a church that gives well, that reflects the Father's generosity. God's generosity to us, we wanna give it to others. And so in this room, we come together on Saturdays and we pass a plate. You've probably seen it, right? And you've noticed we we have a prayer we like to do when we pass that plate. And many of us, let's just, I won't do a raised hand, uh, but many of us give online. And so what do we do in that space when we see this plate coming? It feels so old school and I give online. What's the purpose here? Well, our purpose is, is that we would be like the early church, that we would be generous in what we have and in giving. And so we have this time where we'll do it here in a little bit in our worship where a plate is passed and a prayer is put on the screen. And our hope is that we as a a koinonia, as a fellowship, as a community could begin to continue to grow in in our generosity and sharing of the Father's heart. And so if you give online and you see a plate come around, that's why we have a prayer. It's because we mean what what we're praying, that we actually want these gifts to be multiplied. Absolutely the ones in the plate, absolutely the ones online. But if, if you find yourself in that moment wondering, why are we doing this? Well, it's, we're just borrowing from what the early church did. Next, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes, ate together with glad and sincere hearts and praising God and enjoying favor with all people. And notice who added to their number. Was it a great preacher? No. Was it awesome programs and amazing childcare and really great curriculum? It was the Lord. Jesus promised that he would build his church. Our responsibility, the church's responsibility is to remain faithful to him. And that's not to say we don't love great programs. And that's not to say we don't love good childcare and amazing worship centers. 
is to say our hope is that we could follow Jesus well and let him take care of, of adding to our number. That Jesus would build his church and we remain faithful to his teaching. And I think an immediate application is one that um, we need to do in, in, in this room and in this community, which is recovering the, the spiritual discipline of the table. Like if you just look, if we're gonna be little Christ and following him, following his ways, just look across the gospel at how many meals Jesus eats with people. And not only that, look at the people he's eating meals with. Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, hypocritical religious leaders around the table together and he's, he's eating with them. That's a sign in his day and age of there's friendship involved here. There's a connection. What's your table at home look like? Who's around it? This one is uh, by a good friend of ours, Ryan Chola. If you know Ryan, Ryan served here as a worship leader and actually now is running a small business here in Northwest Arkansas where he's doing carpentry. He's building doors and furniture. So if you're looking for a good table, he's got you. Also, you can see his wife's uh, painting in the background. Brooke is an artist. So if you're looking for some art and a new table, call Ryan. He'll help hook you up. But uh, I've actually experienced a lot of healing at this table. I have sat at Ryan and Brooke's table for years now and continued to, to hear, to be able to share my heart and expose this is where I'm struggling or where I'm hurting or where we're having a hard time, but also to be able to say there's so many good things happening right now with the kids and the wives, and I've experienced a space and a place where I could come with nothing to prove, just a place to come and be known and to eat good food together, only to further our relationship in God's work. That we gotta get back to the table did you know that the highest retention rate of religions in our world today, as far as generational discipleship, those who have the, the most of, of generations not leaving the faith, uh, Judaism, Islam, and Hinduism. And the reason is because they do this well. They get around the table and they share the stories and they experience together a good meal and connection and they commit to it. And my fear is for the Christian life that we've become so focused on the vertical relationship with God, which matters, but we're losing sight of the horizontal and those who are around us. And we gotta get back into the table, the practice of eating together, laughing together, of crying together, having a place to experience life change with one another. And so to, to put it shortly is that we want to be a church that learns together and gathers together. And that Christ-likeness is the, the result of that, that we grow to be more like Jesus. And here at Fellowship, we, we have two ways we, we do that. They're really, really like brand spanking new. You're gonna love it. You ready? We come together on Saturday night to worship Jesus and sit under his teaching. And then we gather in small groups throughout our, our homes and neighborhoods in Northwest Arkansas to worship Jesus and practice his teaching. And this is, this is what we do. It's straight out of Acts chapter Two, that this is the kind of church we want to be. And so we come in this place on Saturdays. Well done, you did it. Go ahead and give the person next to you a pat on the back. Nice job, you're here. And we come into this place, not just to, to, to uh, sit under teaching, but also to celebrate. We call it a celebration service. That we would come in here and celebrate with one another the good things that God is doing. 
Paul would tell the church in, in Ephesus to, when you come together, sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs over one another. So we come in this room not just to sing songs to God, we actually sing these songs over one another as prayers, as intercession, praying that God, would this be true? Great is your faithfulness. And my friend who is in the pit right now, I'm singing this over them. And how many of us know that pit well? And if you've been here for a while, isn't Saturday night just a safe place to come and rest and be ministered to? I mean, it seems like there's been a season and I've experienced it too, right in the back over here at the loss of a man I dearly, dearly loved and just to be able to sit and grieve in this place and experience God's empowering presence and listening to the saints proclaim of his goodness and his promises. So when we come into this room, it's not just this consumer give. No, this is a participation that we worship God in this place together. And we take it out into our homes and our neighborhoods and our cities. And uh, we call these small groups. We have men's groups, women's groups, community groups, uh, sixth through 12th grade cell groups. There's so many different ways. This is kind of what we call the cell. So we have a celebration here and then we have the cell, the scattering out into Northwest Arkansas. And this is where rubber really meets the road because how many of us have Christians that we, uh, we sometimes don't wanna agree with? Maybe someone who votes a little differently than us. Maybe someone who looks a little differently than us. Maybe somebody who doesn't make as much as us. And for the church to be a community that gathers together. See, because what took place in Jerusalem spread. And you began to have Jew and Greek, Roman leaders and poor Jewish people who had been oppressed by those leaders. Men and women, masters and slaves, all coming together in this one new community that Jesus is forming called his church. And there was nothing like it. And friends, that hasn't changed. I mean, could you imagine the impact it would have on Northwest Arkansas and the world if we took seriously gathering in homes with people around us to live life together, to sit under the scriptures together, to encourage one another, to challenge each other. See, because what community does is it not only encourages us, it also exposes us. It shows us who we really are and it, it forces us to bring that to the light and that is a painful process, but that is the best process because in the darkness, it's really hard to follow Jesus. But when we bring it to the light and we say, hey, I'm struggling with this and this and this, and we have a safe community that extends grace and joins us in that place. That's where we experience growth into Christ's likeness. And we have all a whole variety of different leaders who lead. And so what I wanted to do tonight is if you lead a small group, uh, if you lead a community group, a cell group, a men's study, women's studies, if you lead a small group, would you stand for us actively? Like right now, you're a leader in this community. Come on, stand. Yes. Hey, can we thank these people? Awesome. Hey, uh, I could stand up here for the next three hours and share stories about them, of all the life change and the ways that they are empowering this body but instead, I just asked a few to come on up. So hey, if, if I've asked you to, to come up and share with us, would you mind m making your way to the stage? And I've asked a, a few groups who I told them, hey, I don't want a sales pitch on community. I don't want you to stand up here and, and tell us how amazing it is and here's everything that goes well. Uh, I actually have asked them to come and, and tell, us, tell us what's true. How are y'all experiencing this, this life change together? And uh, to, to even uh, allow us some time
to better understand how this plays out at Fellowship. There's Jimmy. So, hey, if you wouldn't mind, uh, hey, tell us who you are, just down the line, first off. I'm Justin Johnson. Shay Johnson. Say it hey. again. Uh, Justin Johnson. Nice. Shay Johnson. Awesome. Johnsons. Uh, oh, go ahead. You got it. I was just going to say we moved from uh, Fort Smith, and we are in Springdale now. So. Awesome. Uh, Brian Crum and... Allison Crum. Beautiful. And uh, we lead a group, uh, co-lead a group up in North Bentonville nice. uh, with the Blanchards. And... My name is Jimmy Donahue. I lead a group in Rogers, Arkansas, and my wife... Uh, is on staff, and she works with the middle school students. Awesome. So, hey, tell us just a little bit, what does your small group look like? Like, who's there? When do y'all meet? What, what does small group look like for the Johnsons? Yeah, so we meet in Rogers at T and Susanna's house. Um, so we actually joined their group when we started, and uh, we meet every Tuesday. And, like, once a month we go serve somewhere, and once a month we just hang out and don't do anything but get the kids together and uh, just have fun. And then the other two nights we do, like, a devotion, uh, which Fellowship makes it really easy because we have the discussion guide. Um, And it's just a place where we've been able to, like, incorporate some of the things that we want to do, like worship and memory verses and and things like that. So it's been really fun. You want to talk about, like, some of the people? Yeah, so um, we've been a pretty diverse group um, with, you know, all different ages. Right now it's kind of narrowed into 20 to 40-year-old, and we've had married with kids, married without kids, married expecting kids, woo-woo, for a couple of (laughs) our close friends out there, and then singles and just a great mix. Beautiful, thank you. Crumbs, what's y'all's group look like? Awesome. Um, So we meet on Monday evenings each week um, at the Blanchards. And, um, you know, as we developed this group, rest and vulnerability were two things that we kept coming back to. We wanted it to be a place where we could come as we are at the beginning of a week on a Monday um, and be vulnerable with each other. So we wanted it to be a space where um, we could share those those hard times. I was going through a job change when we first started the group and others have experienced loss. Others um, celebrated their one year, their child's one year birthday, and we loved walking along that with them. And um, others have experienced um, cancer in their family, and we've mm-hmm. been able to sit with them in those hard times and pray together and also watch God do some really big things. So it's been cool to see his goodness um, throughout this, not even quite a year yet. So wow. it's, it's been a really sweet time. Wow. Jimmy, what about y'all, man? Well, we started like 45 days ago, so um, if I could sum up my group, it'd be Nintendo Switch, Pickleball, and watching comically horrible uh, dating shows on TV. Okay. So it's been been great. A lot of dinners and a lot of hanging out, but yeah, we love our group. It's been incredible uh, just to be intentional with our group. Uh, The times have never really worked out. Sunday night just seems to not fit with people's schedules a lot, but intentionally meeting two to three times a week and really loving people in the downtown Rogers area. We have six of us yeah. in total, and we all live in the Rogers downtown area, and so we just want to love those people and love each other really well. Beautiful. Jimmy, when I called Jimmy and asked him, he was like, well, we're not, like, official. <laughs> like, we don't really have it formed. And I was like, that's exactly why I want you up here, so that we could see this is taking place in our midst, that people are beginning to form. And so thanks for being here, Jimmy. Hey, uh, Christ-likeness, like growing in Christ in small groups. Is it happening? 
Yeah, it's definitely happening. Sometimes it's hard to see it in the moment, but looking back, like when you asked the question, we sit down and talked about it, and a few things like came to mind right off the bat. Uh, one of them was safety, just to be able to be vulnerable. Uh, we both went to CR and like experienced the kind of uh, honesty and confession that you can have, but um, to do that, you gotta have like real confidentiality and what stays, you know, says here, stays here. Wow. Um, and so once we did that, whenever we took the group over, we kind of set that boundary up and that allowed us to, to really be honest with each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was kind of the foundation and the other two things that we thought of was unity and, and faithfulness, so. Um, yeah, so uh, we, actually kind of get joined the group right before COVID happened. And then the world turned upside down. I don't know if y'all remember that, but, um, and so the beautiful thing, and I don't even think we really realized it in the moment was, um, just that we, we committed to one another and, um, we were faithful to one another and man, there was some crazy <laughs> topics and just hard discussions that were had but, um, but it was just keeping that unity with one another and creating a safe space of being able to have like sometimes very different opinions, but just always come back to the fact that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. Wow. So wow about all this <laughs> because it was very much like the looking back of just seeing how God was working in those moments to grow us and to heal us and to just create such a loving little pocket as we went through such chaos in our world. Wow. Crumbs, what about y'all? Yeah, I, I will echo the same. I think uh, one of the biggest things uh, we, we had, when we first started chatting with the Blanchards, we started chatting about what, what would that, what do we require of each other coming into this? And I think, you know, part of that is, is just that openness, the vulnerability, the commitment to, to gathering together. Uh, the commitment to just being available. Um, some of us have already gone through some really hard times, just in, like she said, less than a year. Um, I think the other one, the, other, the second commitment is growing in God. And so cheering each other on as we figure out, hey, how do I, you know, discover my own faith? How do I discover my own journey? And, and uh, you know, everybody's pointing us back to scripture. And uh, I think that's the huge commitment. And uh, beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've just had some really amazing opportunities to, to walk with people through exciting stuff, like, uh, like she said, the one-year-old one, uh, one year old, uh, birthday. We've had some cool stuff with jobs. Uh, we've had some loss. We've had folks struggling uh, just with personal matters, with, with whether that's pregnancy, whether that's, uh, like she said, cancer, whether that's um, just trying to figure out where someone's headed next. Um, we celebrated some really cool stuff and we get together and we celebrate kids volleyball games, you know, <laughs> awesome. we, we go and we, yeah. we cheer each other's kids on and, and, uh, so it's you just, mean it's, it's not just a study that happens one night a week. Like no, it's actually, play no, actually, um, yeah, I, I, like, I think that's been one of the coolest things for us is that it goes so much deeper than just, just reading in the word. It is being the word. It is being the body. It is going and doing. We've been able to go and help out uh, other families here in the church, not even part of our group. Yeah. Um, someone who was, who was sick needed some help, and we were able to go and just step in and be like, hey, how can we help put some stuff away, you know, at your house? 
How can we help take care of your Christmas decorations? Um, and so I think that's been the really cool thing for us. And we've been able to do some lunches. We've been able to do some different just fun gatherings together. Y'all eat well, right? Y'all we do. Eat, yeah. We do. We were actually, Will and I looked at each other a while ago, and we said tacos. There had to be Jewish tacos involved somewhere back in the day. Ooh, I don't know. Okay. I don't know if Jewish tacos yeah. is a thing or not, but if it is, it should be. So. I'm looking at some of my, like, exegete small group leaders, and they're like, yeah, that's not true. Can we hey, make this happen? Meet me after service. Yeah. Hey, in the past 45 days... Any Christ likeness happening? Man, just to let you know, these guys are these guys are awesome. Right? Man. I don't know if I need to say much more, <laughs> but uh, no, John thirteen. Um, I think Jesus expressed over and over, "If you love me, love one another." Mm. And I think that's been really cool. And Bethany and I have been awe of the Lord to see how He set up our life to be able to be in the community we are now, and wow. just to have the group we have now. We kind of just sit back and we're just. We just kind of look back to twenty nineteen uh, through now. I know everybody's had a lot of loss. Through COVID, um, you probably have heard our story of losing four babies. Um, it was just really difficult. And so looking back now to see, um, you know, even through troubles and pain for the future, knowing that we can lean back on our community group now and we're fully known and fully loved. It's beautiful. Can we give our friends a thank you? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, uh, I uh, hope is that you feel one inspired, and also a little challenged. And so how, how do we live out Acts 2 as a community? Well, first, I would encourage, how, how do we live this out of growing together? First, I'd say join a small group. Um, if you're not in one, let us know. Um, we'd love, love, love for you to experience that life change. And if you're feeling isolated or alone, or maybe you're like, I've done that before, and it hurt, and it was hard relationships are, are the thing that causes damage. And you know, the very thing that's gonna heal you, relationships. And so I would encourage you, if, if you're in this place and you're walking the, the way of Christ alone, that's dangerous territory and the enemy's got his target on you. And so I, I would ask you, would you consider joining a small group? You can scan that uh, mosaic news right there, fill out a form, and we would love to connect you with some of these leaders. All right, here comes the challenge. Some of us have been part of Mosaic for a long time. Some of us have like led and multiplied groups and we're good. And uh, we had a talk a few weeks back about um, cleaning up the dishes. I don't know if you remember that, where we needed help on the Saturday services. We needed people, whether it was in tech or holding babies, all these beautiful things. Um, we need some help doing the dishes because we, we are growing numerically. We have a lot of new friends and faces coming into this place. And we need disciple makers. We need leaders who are gonna say, yep, I feel called and passionate and ready to do just what my friends are doing, to open up a space and a table for people to experience life change. So I'd ask you, if you would consider, if you're at a place that's like, I'm ready to make some disciples, would you consider starting and leading a small group? We'd love to walk with you through that process. But oh, to be a church, a community, that knows the joy of both being and making disciples. And it's to that end, now that we'll pray and sing, would you pray with me? Father, thanks for calling us sons and daughters and for the family we have even in this room. Jesus, thanks for not only calling us a disciple, but a friend. Spirit, you alone can produce the fruit that we need in this life, so we'll just connect well with you and one another and watch it work. Oh, to be a church that knows the joy 
of seeing disciples multiplied in this community. We ask that you would do it, and to that end, we now sing. Amen. Would you continue to pray? Oh, Father, giver of all, every good and perfect gift comes from you. We ask you to accept these gifts and use them to your glory. May they bring shelter to the homeless, comfort to the sick, rest to the weary, and hope to the hopeless. As you multiply the offering of fish and loaves, multiply these to accomplish more than we can ask or imagine. We give freely and not under compulsion, for all we have is yours, Lord. Nothing we can give could match your great gift to us, your Son and your Spirit. As we end our evening together, and as we have the opportunity to give generously, we're going to turn our attention to exhorting one another. And that's just a bible word to say that we're going to strongly encourage one another. Um, normally when we sing the words you and your, we're talking to God. But in this next song, you and your actually refers to each other. So we are actually going to sing a blessing over one another. So before we do that, we're gonna pause. And I know it's a little bit dark in here, but take a look around the room. Yep, at all at the people, mm-hmm, yep. Make eye contact with someone even. This, this is our church family. This is our own gathering of the way of Jesus. So as we sing this next song, Will you allow your heart and your mind to be moved by the Lord in such a way that you sing this in earnest over our church family? Let's sing together.
is our prayer for each other, for our church community. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family children and your children Would you stand and worship May his presence go before you and behind you and beside you all around you and within you he is with you he is with you in the morning in the evening and you're coming and you're going and you're weeping and rejoicing he is for you gift it is to worship together, church. Hey, if you need prayer tonight, our prayer team will be available on the sides. They'll have white badges on. And if you need to connect with anybody, we have some of our staff out in the foyer in our info booth. And as we prepare our hearts to go as a family, let's say this together. Let us go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And the people said, thanks be to God. See you next week, church.